Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and I am sharing with you this morning from Matthew 24, verse 9. And the devotional is titled, The End as Defined by Jesus. Matthew 24 and 25 is commonly called the Olivet Discourse because Jesus gave this address to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. This was given just a few days before his crucifixion. It has been called, quote, the most important single passage of prophecy in all the Bible. Someone else has said, quote, it provides the master outline of end time events. I call Matthew 24 and 25 a prophetic seed plot because here Jesus introduces new seeds of end times information that the rest of the New Testament then builds on. It is here that Jesus introduces us to two phases of his second coming. The first phase is signless and comes as a surprise. The second phase has all manner of obvious signs and therefore is totally predictable once these, things be, once these, once these signs begin to happen. It is Jesus himself who first introduces the surprise first phase of his second coming as seen here in Matthew 24. It is Jesus who is the first one to introduce the first aspect of his second coming as being like a thief who comes in the night, which the rest of the New Testament writers, that is to say Paul, Peter, and John, then build on. Uh, see Matthew 24, 43, and 44. In Matthew 24, 3, the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign the sign of your coming and of the end, the end of the age. All the way through, Jesus is essentially dealing with what marks the end of the age. That is the end of the pre-Messianic or the pre-kingdom age that climaxes in the second coming. And we don't have to wonder what end is in view because Jesus, in the flow of thought, in Matthew 24, 15, tethered the idea of the end to what Daniel prophesied in the 70th week of Daniel prophecy as found in Daniel 9, 24 through 27. When Jesus references the end in this context, he is speaking of the end related to the 70th week of Daniel, commonly called the seven-year tribulation period that will usher in the second coming of Christ to the earth. The seven-year tribulation period is divided up into three, into two, rather, is divided up into two, three, and one-half-year segments. So, Daniel's 70th week is presented in an overview form in Matthew 24, 4 through 14. In Matthew 24, 4 through 8, we have three and a half years represented. And it is represented in these two uh, phrases in particular. All these are but the beginning of birth pangs, verse 8. But the end is not yet, verse 6. And then in Matthew 24, 9 through 14, we have represented the last three and a half years. And we see this in verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. And then in verse 14, and then the end will come. So note the connector words related to the first half of the seven-year tribulation. Verse 6, the end is not yet. And verse 8, the beginning 
of birth pangs. And related to the last half of the seven-year tribulation, verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. And verse 14, then the end will come. Well, in summary, the disciples asked, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 3, and Jesus proceeded to describe various signs that will define the seven-year tribulation period, which will culminate in the second coming. In Matthew 24, 4-8, Jesus listed deception, widespread war, famine, pestilences, and earthquakes as just the beginning. But the final end is not yet. What Jesus lists corresponds to the first four seal judgments in Revelation 6, 1-8. This relates to the first half of the tribulation period. Verse 9 then transitions to the second half of the tribulation that brings us to the very end. So note the flow of the Olivet Discourse. 24, 1 through 3, the setting and questions. 24, 4 through 35, tribulation, sign events, culminating in the second aspect of the second coming. And then to break it down, Matthew 24, 4 through 8, the first half of the tribulation. 24, 9 through 14, the second half of the tribulation. 24, 15 through 28, recapitulation of the second half of the tribulation, adding more detail. And then 24, 29 through 31, the second coming. And then 24, 32 through 35, parable of the fig tree. Some people don't believe in studying prophecy and others don't take the prophetic scriptures normally, literally, which of course allows for figures of speech, even as we constantly use in our everyday conversation. But to dismiss prophecy is to cut out huge chunks of scripture, because 28% of the Bible was prophetic at the time it was given. This makes the Bible uniquely a prophetic book. To dismiss prophecy is to greatly devalue the Bible. Jesus, as he was getting ready to leave, his earthly ministry by way of the cross prepared us for what is to come. He wanted us to know these things so that we, as a way of life, might live ready. And as God's people warn the world that it is on a collision course with God's judgment if they don't repent. Well, God has provided a Savior in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he must be received by faith for who he is as Lord and Savior. The only way to pass from the position of death to that of life is through Jesus. Live ready. John 1.12, as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. And then in John 5.24, Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Signing off is Pastor Dwight Oswald. Thank you.